Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. Lots to get to on Pac-12 realignment and conference uh, expansion. Potential for SMU here. We're going to lead off with that. We're also going to talk about some more takeaways from SMU spring football, including reaction to Kamar Wheaton and two others being suspended from the team right now. Let's dive right in, though, to SMU and Pac-12 rumors. I just dropped our latest Intel piece on where things stand with the Pac-12, their plans for expansion. Uh, how maybe other conference realignment factors into that, as well as where SMU stands, most importantly, for that. And I encourage you guys to check it out. You can subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com. For $10, you get four months. So check that out, the Intel piece on our site. That deal runs out very soon. So go ahead and subscribe and get on board uh, for well into the summer, as well as the rest of spring football. So on to where things stand. And there's more additional information in the Intel piece. But look, there's rumors out there, multiple people covering this realignment and expansion efforts uh, on a day-to-day basis, believe this to be the key week uh, for the Pac-12. It is Pac-12's conference tournament being held in Las Vegas. There are expected to be meetings with George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12, other Pac-12 officials, and league presidents and athletic directors. So a lot going on potentially in Las Vegas. A lot of eyeballs are going to be on the Pac-12 to see if that means a finalization of the media rights deal, a finalization of potential programs to be invited into the Pac-12, SMU, San Diego State being two of the key ones to watch there. What will happen by the end of the week? Will anything happen? That's certainly still... A question, but I can tell you there is a lot of buzz on Twitter being led by a lot of different people covering this realignment that there is a disjointed Pac-12 conference, that there is uh, a push from the Big 12 to grab the four corner schools and they're expected to grab them. Uh, There is rumors of Oregon and Washington leaving for another conference. Based on the current landscape as I see it, and according to my sources, all of that is is complete propaganda right now. And I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but in terms of where things stand with the Pac-12 relative to all of that happening, that is not where things are headed right now. Things are headed towards a new media rights deal, towards expansion of the Pac-12. And that's the key thing here. Could years down the road, we see Oregon and Washington leave the Pac-12? Could we see other programs leave the Pac-12? Could we see the ACC see some realignment, some some programs leaving and thus be in position to make moves and try to save their own conference? Yes, 
Could the Big Ten look to do all of those things and continue expansion once their new commissioner is on board? Yes. Will the SEC look at ACC schools? Yes. Conference realignment is not dead. It's not stopping anytime soon in a way. There's always going to be discussions. What's the next best move for our school? Whether you're Florida State, who's they've gone on the offensive on the ACC grant of rights, whether it's uh, Washington State's president speaking out and saying, look, we're, we're looking at mid-March. We feel good about where things stand. We like the unity statement. That was a key piece for us because of all of uh, the rumor mill floating around the status of the league. We decided to do that as presidents, and it came together relatively quickly. There are always different levels around conference realignment and what could happen. Uh, there's always going to be rumors. There's always going to be speculation. That's what happens when the television deals have gotten as big as they are. And it's important to try to sift through all of that. You see, the Pac-12 has been going down this road with their media rights deal. Large streaming opportunity here expected to be um, announced at some point. Um, I do feel like it's very close to being at that point. That's why we're talking about you know, the potential of SMU to the Pac-12 this week. This media rights deal is a complicated one. It is from scratch. It is not one that's been in place. There are a lot of moving parts with the Pac-12 network being around. There's moving parts with adding streaming. There's pecking order. If there are multiple media partners involved, there's a lot. But one thing we haven't really heard across this whole time frame is the main media rights deal partners or expected partners or most likely partners to have pulled out and backed out. It's been an ongoing process for seven months now, eight months, nine months, whatever it was last late last summer, really, uh, that this has been ongoing. And we've been talking about it in depth. That's what people have to remember is that things have not slowed down from the aspect of we're going down a path toward a deal with the Pac-12. The buzz around expansion with SMU and San Diego State has only picked up even more. We've seen a public visit to SMU. We've seen one confirmed to San Diego State as well for George Klyovkov. Things continue to roll in the right direction. What the Big 12 wants is the four corner schools. They want to grab those schools. So the best way for that to happen is to present some sort of misdirection and some sort of idea that things are going to fall apart for the Pac-12. And based on what I hear, I don't see that happening. I see a deal likely being finalized this week and SMU and San Diego State being the two programs likely invited to the Pac-12. And I don't know how much more complicated it has to get than that. I don't know what the final number is going to be for this Pac-12 media rights deal. There are multiple sources that say it could surpass the Big 12 deal. Streaming services wanting to stake their flag and plant their flag in college football, and they need to pay up to do that and invest in what could be a revolutionary uh, medium to watch sports in at the college level consistently, not just a Thursday night NFL game. And then there's the other aspect of, well, you are the Pac-12 without USC and UCLA. 
you had some uh, at least, you know, perception that you might be a little unstable. You might not have the schools that really bring a lot of eyes to the table. And then you're going to add SMU and San Diego State for inventory. Do we really need to pay up that for that? So where I'm hearing things are at is that it's going to be a deal that rivals the Big 12. I take the stance of it could be a little less. Because of the amount of money being spent on TV, TV media rights deals over the last however many years, it's going to have to be a deal that protects, protects these investors in the Pac-12, so to speak. The media rights uh, companies, uh, the the media companies that are going to explore this venture with the Pac-12. You do have one in ESPN who's well versed in the Pac-12. Pac-12, they've got Pac-12 after dark. You also have Amazon and uh, Apple who are toying with this new venture, and it is. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a risk. I think there's a good floor for streaming. It's the ceiling that has not been realized yet. And that's where people have this concern that, well, why does this make sense? Why is the time now? Well, the Pac-12 has to get creative. We know that. We've talked about that. And that's something that George Klyovkov has clearly not shied away from. And both of these partners that are now rumored, Amazon and, and Apple, have con continued to come to the table. And judging by the public comments being made by some Pac-12 like top level officials, presidents, things are in line to capitalize on Las Vegas this week, capitalize on um, the potential buzz going into a Pac-12 tournament and then the NCAA tournament. And realizing that the league's future can be settled over the course of this week. And kind of have a fun atmosphere to do it in with the backdrop of Sin City. That's at least on paper and obviously what we see kind of trending towards happening. Now the question is, is when George Klyovkov ultimately presents the latest of this media rights deal this week in Las Vegas, is it indeed enough? Is it indeed going to get this league to stick together, sign a new grant of rights, invite two schools, and forge ahead. And that's where I feel like, and multiple sources have told me this, that there is positive buzz around them doing just that, which if you're SMU, you'll be thrilled about. You'll get an invitation to the club and you see where it goes. The grant of rights, I don't know how long it'll be. I don't know how long the deal will be. I would think five to six years. That makes a lot of sense. It gets you back to the table before a lot of these school, other uh, leagues uh, we'll see their deal, deals expire. And then you're sitting in a better spot, potentially. And if you're not, well, it's going to be what many sports writers have at least opined about over the past, which is, well, we're going to see super a super conference or three. You're going to see the Big Ten become a massive conference. They're going to add Oregon and Washington. You're going to see the Big 12 get their four corner schools. You're going to see a couple other schools from the remainder of the Pac-12 land elsewhere. Does SMU end up going to the ACC? Does Florida State and Clemson go to the SEC? And then you have these massive super conferences. Because if, if things don't work out in five years from now, the Pac-12 is going to the table and it's not a better situation, that's what's going to happen. 
Because once you're in the Power Five club, you're in that club. I don't think we're going to see schools drop off. That's just not necessarily how it works. It's always an addition situation. You know, the Pac-12 has stuck around for a long, long time. And they've battled through a lot of things. And right now, there's a lot of positive buzz that they're going to get this deal done and be able to settle their future. And you know what? When it comes down to it, it doesn't matter when it happens, but it looks like it's happening relatively soon based on what my sources are saying. So we'll continue to track it on at OnThePonyExpress.com. Subscribe, $10, uh, four, four, $10 for four months. Gets you access to the message board as well as our spring practice updates uh, from SMU. A lot of insider knowledge on injuries and kind of where things stand with players. Of course, uh, we reported uh, on Friday that SMU would be without Kamar Wheaton uh, for an extended period of time. And that was confirmed by Rhett Lashley Saturday as he announced that Kamar Wheaton is suspended, uh, working on the academic side of things. And he is also joined in that uh, status, uh, in that position, by wide receiver Teddy Knox. Defensive end, outside linebacker Jalen Samuels is also suspended for a violation of team rules. All three players are have various levels of big name, uh, you know, status at SMU. You have Kamar Wheaton, who came in last year, highly touted, touted uh, you know, top running back in Texas vibes. Hasn't done everything necessary to take that next step now. It was a big spring for Kamar Wheaton. LJ Johnson and Jalen Knight have come in and really looked the part. You have Tyler Levine sitting out this spring with a knee injury. You have Velton Gardner back. He's a veteran. But this was going to be Kamar Wheaton's opportunity to seize the moment and take those steps forward to being a potential, you know, not every down back because of the talent they have, but somebody who's readily available to contribute at a high level in that rotation. And instead, he hasn't taken care of business off the field. Um, I, I do know he had a death in the family that was pretty significant in, in his world. So there is that uh, as well at play here. But um, it's disappointing. And, and you hope that Kamar Wheaton gets things together and gets uh, back on track because he has the potential to be just so, so good. Um, we all know that. We've seen that. Um, but for now... Jalen Knighton and LJ Johnson have really stepped up. They've really looked the part. Jalen Knighton had a really nice run on Saturday, popped Chris Adamora, um, and he's not the biggest guy, but he ran right through him. Uh, Chris Adamora, to his credit, still made the tackle, but uh, that pop, that explosiveness that we talked about SMU missing, Jalen Knighton has showed. Teddy Knox is um, a really disappointing situation. He's one of the fastest guys on the team. He's got plenty of talent, but he has not put it together at all since arriving at SMU. Uh, from Mississippi State. Uh, he's struggled at times to pick up the playbook and just kind of mesh with the team in general. Now he's got this academic situation going on. Uh, he's got a, a chance to make it out from a really, really tough situation as a bat, Baton Rouge native um, coming from nothing uh, and a really, really bad uh, just situation. And uh, I, I hope he gets it together. I really do. I mean, Teddy is uh, somebody that just has this opportunity and has a, a load of talent. Even if he didn't make it to the NFL, just graduating with a degree would be something, you know, that that I don't, I don't know if anybody in his family can can say. Um, so I hope he finds his right path as uh, goes with Jalen Samuels. I don't know what's going on with Jalen Samuels. Obviously, a violation of team rules, very different 
than what um, uh, Kamar Wheaton and, and Teddy Knox are going through. Uh, but that's one of SMU's most talented pass rushers right there. I mean, in terms of uh, pure talent, that's that's a guy that you would love to have on the field. There were pictures of him working out this spring with the team. They are all with the team. Red Lashley did confirm that. They do have a path to return, but they have uh, some things to work through. So we'll continue to monitor those uh, situations with those players uh, as spring practice unfolds. Uh, SMU does get back on the practice field Tuesday and Thursday before spring break hits. So we'll be out there with plenty more uh, practice update, updates for you guys, interviews with players and coaches. So subscribe to On the Pony Express's YouTube channel. Do that now um, so you can always get updated with the latest from the Hilltop on the football team. Uh, some other takeaways. We did get to hear from Rhett Lashley. We did get to hear from Preston Stone, uh, SMU starting quarterback, and Jonathan McGill. A uh, key transfer in the secondary from Stanford who came back to the DFW area. I think some takeaways, I mean, Rhett Lashley uh, really uh, talked a lot about being more comfortable, uh, being in a better situation uh, this year. And, and one thing they're going to be able to work on is tackling. That's been a big focus for SMU. They went in pads for the first time on Saturday, um, and they are working those drills. They're also working... Uh, ball security, ball security is a key one, as well as blocking uh, at on the edge. Um, just looking at practice this spring, I've noticed a little bit more um, just emphasis on the fundamentals. Last year, a lot of teaching of the scheme, a lot of time spent on that. This year, they went in, they identified a lot of areas that they had to improve in, uh, improve on, tackling being one of them, ball security, blocking out on the edge. Those are things they work on for the first 30 minutes of practice every day, it seems like. Uh, they, they, we haven't gotten to see we, – we just got to see our, full, our first full team practice on Saturday, um, and now all the practices are open to us for the entirety. But um, this is going to be something where once the full team is in full pads, they'll get to work a lot more of that tackling. You know, Rhett Lashley did say they do a lot of drills. They don't always have to go live, live in team, but they are also – uh, they also know that they've got to get better at it and they've got to prioritize it. And how do you do that? It's by tackling. Um, you know, Preston Stone has showed no ill effects from that collarbone. He's fully healthy, ready to go. Kevin Henry Jennings has actually showed uh, that he uh, has continued to play really well and, and continue to push Preston Stone. I think I was I was really impressed very early on. I think Kevin Henry Jennings' first throw in team period on Saturday was a bomb to Keyshawn Smith, a really nice throw. Um, and then Preston, of course, has you know, done well as well. Um, he's more comfortable. I think this offense is going to look very different, maybe spread it around a little bit more uh, than what it was with Rasheed Rice. Uh, Roger Daniels has had a really strong start to spring at the slot position. Jake Bailey is being uh, carefully watched by SMU. They do not want to get him hurt. Uh, he was back out there. Um, for Saturday's practice, after missing some of Friday's practice that we were able to see. Um, so he'll be back in full pads this week uh, from what it seems like. But they just really want to be careful with him. He's so talented. He's really, really explosive. Uh, but Roger Daniels has shown a lot of that as well in practice. So uh, stock up for Roger Daniels during the first week of practice. Really impressed with what he's putting together so far. Um, I think you look at what SMU has uh, in the secondary now, 
Uh, Jonathan McGill is leading the way on that. And he was very, very candid. I mean, he wanted to come back to SMU. Preston Stone was recruiting him. The whole staff was recruiting him. Uh, and he wanted to come back and play in front of his family, who's been able to attend practice, uh, the first couple practices, and uh, play in front of his grand grandma and, um, you know, niece. And I, I, he named a bunch of uh, family and friends. But, um, you know, for Jonathan McGill to come back to SMU, this is exactly kind of what it's about. And he took the stance that, look, we added all these transfers to the secondary, but it's not about me taking a job. It's not about me trying to one-up you, trying to push and compete and, you know, help each other, be teammates, be friends. But at the end of the day, we're trying to win games here. So add more talent, add more experience. That's what he's hoping to bring. And so far, so good. Uh, he's looking like a starter for the Mustangs, which is what they expected. He's one of the most well-respected players, you know, right off the bat on that team. I mean, he's really done a lot of good things early on. Um, you know, when it comes to now we're in the in the full um, full go of spring ball, at least for a week until they take a, a spring break break. Uh, this is going to be a fun week. These are two practices that they, they can kind of go hard on, um, knowing that the rest is coming for this team. They got their legs moving uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, three straight days of practice. But now they had a Sunday and Monday off. They were able to, you know, kind of lock back in, and you know they'll they'll get out there tomorrow morning on Tuesday, uh, and and really be able to to take steps, um, you know, toward being, you know, more physical. You know, I think there there were a couple guys here or there that couldn't practice or or sat out and and are kind of nursing some injuries here and there, which are which we've got updates on the site about, but. As everyone gets into full pads, now you can really go. You've had the three-day acclimation period. Uh, now it's time for these guys to really get to get to going. And I think this is where you, you've got multiple weeks on the backside of this, but having those practices, uh, you know, Tuesday and Thursday this week, they'll be able to get a better idea uh, of kind of where things are and then assess from there during the break to, to say, okay, all right, we're going to, we're going to go make some changes um, or, or get this guy more reps and that guy more rest because he's, you know, performing at a high level. I, I think this is a team that, you know, just looks more comfortable. And I like the way they've prioritized the fundamentals uh, so far in spring practice. I think that's so important. We talked about it a lot, them having to focus on tackling because of how poor the tackling was last year. They're doing that. They're backing it up. They've also had some really high-profile prospects on campus as well. So check out on theponyexpress.com for more on those guys who were on campus. They had some key targets like uh, Levante Johnson, one of the top defensive backs in Texas. Uh, they had um, David Cabongo on campus, one of their top safety targets in the 2024 class. They also had another four-star edge rusher on campus as well on Saturday. So a lot of tidbits on the recruiting front to come as well. And – one of those visitors just set his official visit to, to SMU. So check out uh, on theponyexpress.com for the latest on that. Now, uh, as it comes to recruiting, SMU sitting with two commitments in the class, uh, Jamari Cauley and Tyler Aronson. We'll see. I think they're going to start to get rolling a little bit here as it gets closer to the summer. Um, we're seeing some guys set multiple visits to SMU. They're on some really high-profile players. We dropped that list of who's expected on campus uh, on the site earlier um, or late last week, I should say. So check that out again. $10 for four months to subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com for all the latest on recruiting. Guys, uh, just want to get this podcast out to you. We'll be back 
later this week with our initial takeaways from uh, spring ball as it enters spring break. So be sure to be on the lookout for that podcast as well as our player interviews and practice clips. We appreciate all you guys who have subscribed to the channel. Almost just 750 subscribers. That's crazy. So closing in on a thousand. Let's get there. Let's get this thing rolling and appreciate all you guys who have subscribed. And also it was good seeing everybody on uh, Saturday that I was able to a lot of subscribers out there practice. So hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast and we'll catch you next time. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.